I'm amazed how many people own stocks. Welcome to the Playing Footsie Podcast. My name's Paul, and each episode, me and the lads get together to talk about the stocks, stock market news, and finance in general. Quick disclaimer, you shouldn't consider anything in this podcast as personal financial advice. If you need such advice, go to a financial advisor. And please remember, when investing in any form, your capital is at risk. So sit back, relax, and let the lads fill you in with all the stock market news of the week. The sucker's going up. Welcome to the Playing Footsie Podcast. You're here with me, Briscoe, with Steve D and Steve W, here for your Playing Footsie news in stocks for the week. This week, uh, I have no idea what's happened because I've been so absolutely crazy with work i'm a little bit behind so i'm relying on these two guys as usual pretty much every week uh to, to dish out the news of the week and dish out some interesting stories for your lovely ears so we'll start off shall we uh how has your week been guys how's your stock market portfolio going and is there any interesting news that's popped out for you this week yeah, I've had a pretty interesting uh, week to be honest. It started off a bit, uh, a bit dodgy fest. I think uh, pretty much everybody's had a sort of bit of a false start to the week, but it's uh, it's picked up recently with um, you know the uh, inflation data is coming out, and spending data is coming out, and it looks uh, it, it actually looks fairly positive. Um, so yeah, I've picked up off the back of that all the small cap and the speculation stuff that you know I've got little bits of here and there that seems to have shot up today. So yeah, really really happy with that. But I did see a bit of news that might prick everyone's ears um lucid motors put their um their air dream edition which is their top their top spec model through the uh epa testing which is an independent testing body that verifies that you get the range that you say you do on on electric cars and, and it came back with a range of 520 miles which is uh which is far better than uh any any of the teslas at the moment um it surpasses the range of its competitor the model s by nearly 100 miles so it looks like tesla finally has that competitor with at least on a mileage point of view um you know something something of uh, of a you know of a, of a ground to compete on i don't know whether you guys have got anything on that is lucid a buy for you i, I just couldn't buy a car company that hasn't actually sold any cars even if it can do 100 miles more or not so as lucid do lucid make their own batteries is that because i don't know a ton about lucid myself i'm not entirely sure about lucid myself i assume that they'll have some kind of battery management system but um Otherwise, how can they achieve this This when other people can't? It, it would be strange if they didn't. Yeah. So this is where I'll give my friend Chicken Genius a lot of credit because I think he makes a lot of sense in this one. So the point of these businesses, and particularly these electric car businesses, is that the, the tough part of building these businesses will be in their scalability. So it's very easy to make a prototype. This is a, probably a direct Elon quote, to be honest with you, but it's very easy to make a prototype, but very hard to scale. And that is probably what people are mostly seeing in Tesla right now is that they are able to scale their battery construction beyond anything anyone has seen before in history. So that's one of the big things why I would say I'm proper bullish on Tesla uh, because of that scale scalability there. But can Lucid do it? Do they have the same people that can create these batteries, create the powder that goes into the batteries? I can't remember the number. 1846 or so i'm just laying out whatever number battery i can't remember what it is right now um 
but yeah, scalability is the issue in EVs, and have Lucid got the possibility for that? Potentially so. I'm just looking down the um, the press release now, and they have kind of snuck in that a comment from Pete uh, Pete Rawlinson, who's the uh, CEO, and I think he's a CTO as well, and he said that. They've done this by having world-leading uh, in-house EV technology and not by simply installing an oversized battery pack. But I've just had a really quick look while you were talking, and Lucid's battery pack is uh, about 13% bigger than the one in the Tesla. So, um, yeah, it is uh, it, it is an interesting comment. But, um, yeah, I, I'm not so sure about Lucid. Um, I'm not so sure. I think, uh, have you got anything on them, Steve, or is it really not something you would look at? It's a sector I don't like the look of very much. I worry a little bit about this. So I was um, listening to the Berkshire shareholder meeting from earlier this year. And one of the points that kind of Buffett makes is a lot of car companies don't make it. Like loads and loads and loads of them. Uh, and this was even thinking back to kind of car companies from before. And some did well, like Ford did pretty well. General Motors did pretty well. But the point about scalability, that seems to me like it's even to have a business in the first place, you've got to get through the scalability thing. And once you've yeah. got your scalability stuff sorted, you then got to compete. And that's in an industry where there isn't really much kind of brand loyalty. Uh, cars kind of don't last now too long, so it's harder to kind of generate more and more sales on them. What brand loyalty there is isn't to places like Lucid Motors. It's to stuff like GM Hummers and Ford Mustangs and so on and so forth. Too much about Lucid Motors strikes me as too difficult for me. And I'm not saying they can't do it. Um, there's a lot of technical questions which they might have very, very good answers for. Um, that's probably beyond where I would put my money, though. Fair enough. I love the EV... Uh the ev chat in our discord you get loads of really good information i realize dick and all that are really really biased towards tesla so we try to play devil's advocate as much as we can but um i, I really love it in there i find out loads of cool information from those guys and um yeah it's uh if you if you're into the discord uh or want to uh, just find out lots of cool information particularly in that ev section uh there's a couple of guys in there that really do know their stuff uh, pretty much know everything about Tesla and all the the uh, uh, auto war at the moment. My stocks this week have done all right. Uh, everything started to seems to grow again. But the best thing I was saying to Steve earlier, or one of the Steves earlier, was that I, because I'm working so hard at the moment, I'm not really looking at it, and I feel kind of liberated. It's it's really weird, even though it hasn't really gone anywhere, or it's well, in fact, most of the time it's gone down in recent weeks. Uh, particularly with Bristol Myers Squibb, which was something we might get onto in the midweek footsie uh, going forward. But um, yeah, it's just something that I've seen. I saw Workhorse. Let's go. Let's stay on the EV theme, shall we? I saw Workhorse dropped the USPS uh, contract appeal, which uh, didn't do much to the stock. So it looks like Workhorse is now absolutely. Uh, priced for its fa for its own failure, sitting at about eight dollars now, and I think it was up to fifty dollars at one point. So nothing's oh, changed, there, is it? In investors were buying air, and now workhorse on only have air to sell. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely well. They were buying that dream that the appeal was going to pull off next, mm. and a lot of people were behind that, and then you could see that from day one. That was absolute shit. So. Uh, yeah, guys, stop buying fucking stupid stocks. <laughs> like, stop, <laughs> stop buying. 
these things that just seem that are based on we like to uh the, i love the term the feroldi term um binary outcome uh that was a perfect binary outcome stock where mm. it was is it going to get this contract or not and you put too much risk way too much risk based on whether this co company was going to get one contract or not maybe in 10 years it, may, it might have a product uh but uh, right now the clear, the last clear downside risk clear clear down yeah clear clear downside risk and uh i just hate I, I just feel sad for everybody who was following certain youtubers into that into that stock and lordstown as well god bloody hell right steve d have you got a game this week is, some, is it you that's got the game i do i do have the game yes um the, the game is called what the 13f um <laughs> so i very nice I was uh, scrolling around Whale Wisdom on Sunday night, and uh, and I saw some really interesting buys from a lot of the really, really big firms. So I took a rundown of the, quite a few of the large and the huge, um, the huge sized uh, portfolios on there. And I have basically, you give me a number between one and ten. This is how it's going to work. I will tell you the fund, and I will give you three choices, and all you have to do is tell me which stock was not in their latest top five buys. By the oh. way, I just want to interject there. Um, because I've been driving so much this week, I'm about halfway through the audiobook of Richer, Wiser, Happier, and I am, I am so deep into that book it's really 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 good uh and i'm dying to see what monish paparai has got in his um in his portfolio at the moment because it, they make such a good case for value investing in mm. in this book even though they do still talk about concentrated portfolios and quite risky bets as well so um yeah richard was a happier man i'm i'm about halfway through it and why it is good lordstown workhorse support.com <laughs> Siamese capital. <laughs> so, IBR. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So IBR, list... wow. Oh, that, that was that a one from the past, wasn't it? Um, so anyway, I've got Steve going first, as I normally do. Um, so, Steve, would you like to give me a number between one and ten? Sure, thanks, Steve. Yeah, it's been a not bad week, actually. My portfolio's oh, yeah. about flat from where it was before. <laughs> 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 I did notice we hadn't talked to you yet. I did notice. Oh, good. Oh, I'm, glad, like, I'm glad you noticed. I, I would hate for that to be some sort of accident or anything like that. Uh, <laughs> uh, basically, two of my top six are now in the red. Bristol Myers is in the red and Lockheed Martin's in the red. That makes me interested in buying them when I've got some money. End of week. Um, Steve, number two, please. <laughs> number two is uh, Lone Pine Capital. It's uh, Stephen Mandel's fund. It's a uh, it's a it's a rather large fund. Um, do you know it, Steve? No. Excellent. Um, so you have to. Pick He's like between... super diverse, though, isn't he? He's super he, he diverse. He is super quite, diverse. It's a nice. really yeah. Yeah. quite a big fund. Um, so you pick between Moderna. <laughs> I've put Robin Hood here, not Robin Hood, <laughs> and Mercado Libra. <laughs> uh, one of those is not in their top five holdings. Sorry, or buys. In the top five buys. Okay. From the last mm. quarter, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. Last quarter. Oh, uh, oh. Hmm. So, if anyone's been buying Robin Hood, it's been in this last quarter, huh? Um, and I would have wondered whether that would have made it into anyone's top five holdings, so I wondered whether that might be the answer if it was a holdings thing. 
buying in the last quarter. That could be any of those. Let's try Moderna. Let's see if you've okay. got your sound effects ready. I, I, I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry for anybody who's just had their ears blown off. I'll turn that down. Um, the answer was actually Mercado Libra was the uh, not in their top five buys in this one. It was actually his top sale. Um, oh. Just uh, out of interest. Okay. Go on, Paul. Trust. Uh, lucky number seven. Lucky number seven is uh, everybody's favourite uh, comic book villain, Ken Griffin of Citadel. Um, <laughs> so you've got to pick between Amazon puts, Amazon calls, or QQQ puts. And I'm saying what's not in the top five buys. Yeah, what's not in his top five buys editions. So he's made. So he. Uh, okay, I'm trying to go for logic here. So he's made an either an Amazon put and an Amazon call together, which is unlikely. He's either made or he's made a QQQ call and an Amazon put, which is really unlikely. So it's either Amazon call or QQQ call. Put QQQ put. Yeah. Oh, QQQ put. Oh, great. Oh, mm-hmm. right. Sorry. Uh, oh, so it's either Amazon put or QQQ put then. Uh, and I'm going to go with Amazon put. You would be incorrect. <laughs> ah. Still rather loud. Um, it's actually, uh, he's oddly bought Amazon puts and Amazon mm-hmm. calls, um, yep. but it's QQQ puts uh, that were the uh, odd one out in that one. I knew it was going to be that. As soon as you said Amazon puts and Amazon calls, I'm thinking they're going to have different strike prices and different expiries, aren't they? I'm they're not bright enough to be come hedged. up with that kind of conundrum. That's yeah. going to be a hedge. Right. So he's going to have either what's called a Ultimate spread hedge. or a calendar spread, basically. Yeah. All right, okay. Um, and yeah, he's just yeah, collecting yeah, difference enough. between Ooh. those. Mm. Who knew Steve W Oof. was going to be the one that knew everything about options trading? <laughs> <laughs> no, about options trading. Just not any good at it. Um... <laughs> What number but you got the for thir- uh, The 13F won't tell us the strikes or expiries, will it? So it's it doesn't, no. No, it won't. No. No. Which is why it looks like a really weird thing, right? To be long and short the same thing. Yeah. Because it could have expired yeah. at the end of the month and another one could be running forever, so you just exactly. don't know. So, so my logic, logic was like just that. completely wrong? Yep. Hmm. Well, it was interesting because you didn't even remember the three answers, so you were never going to get it, were you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, four, please, Steve. Four is... Um, AQR Capital Management. It's um, a cliff. And I always don't, I don't actually know how, I've never heard his name be pronounced, but I hope it isn't Asnes. So I'm going to go with Asnes, <laughs> Cliff Asnes of AQR. Um, so you've got to pick between. By the G- way, just to get in here, uh, congratulations on choosing really, really popular investors for people to sort of relate to in, hey, this, in some, this podcast. There's some really big ones. There's some big ones in here. You've just picked the small ones with the interesting picks. <laughs> is, is, is one of them Charlie Munger? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so you've got to so, pick between JP Morgan, Amazon, uh-huh. and Goldman Sachs. Uh, okay. Um, hmm. Okay, so, uh, JP Morgan and Goldman Sachs. JP Morgan had its kind of run with the release of reserves and so on. Goldman Sachs has been doing very well through all the SPAC boom. Actually, so is JP Morgan. Um, one of these is not in the top five. Uh, between the banks, I guess, in that case. Um, Hmm. Let's try JP Morgan's a bit 
overpriced and heavy. I'm not sure many people sell that, though. But let's try JP Morgan. So uh, Cliff is quite a, a famous investor into financial products, which is if I, if you knew his name, if you'd actually heard of him before, he's normally in banks and uh, and such like. So it's actually Amazon, um, but he did earn it. It's one of his larger holdings, but he has sold uh, a decent chunk of it. Um, so yeah, Paul. Yeah. Uh, number 10. Number 10 is uh, Clearbridge Investments. So these are a, a sort of a growth, uh, an interesting sort of growth heavy fund. Um, I don't know whether you've come across them, but quite a, quite a life-size American fund. But pick between Intuitive Surgical, DocuSign, and Texas Instruments. Oh, Jesus. Everything that's just doing terribly. Um, well, maybe not Texas Instruments, but... Uh, when I say terribly, I'm thinking back. Yeah, I know you, you just gave me the face. Yeah, pay 100% terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm thinking backwards, as in like they seem like really bad deals right now. Uh, I am going to go with Intuitive sur Surgical because it's an excellent growth uh, prospect in the future. Uh, it is not. It was uh, Texas Instruments, which he actually cleared down a rather large chunk of his position. Which, and I looked at Texas Instruments, thought I quite like the look of that. So. Uh, I will have to look harder because I'm not sure what he is seeing. So, well done, guys. It's currently nil-nil. Don't worry, I have a tiebreaker so we can finish the game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking it's much harder when you have to choose between three of them, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Normally by now we'd have managed to stab at at least one right one between us. Yeah. Uh, yeah like the, <laughs> under the, the pretense laws. of knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I see. I would have guessed at Texas Instrument, but never mind. Uh, number three. So number three is George Soros's fund, Soros uh, Fund Management. Are you fucking happy oh, now? Lovely. Um, I, love him. I mean, I'm happy I've heard of him. I'm not happy about. <laughs> I don't know what he's been buying. So this is uh, this was a very interesting thing that I had to I had to double check because I was completely uh, I was completely not certain that these were three things I would thought George Soros Fund Management would be buying. But here we are. Oh, Pick between Baidu, Proterra. Or figs. I'm not sure if you've heard of figs. Uh, I've not figs heard of figs. Is, figs is a uh, um, a doctor's like scrub company, but it's a bit like Lululemon, but for doctor's scrubs. So, oh, okay. right. that's interesting. I'm, Sorry, you, wait. You know what? Out just just out of like personal experience, there, I'm I get bombarded with uh, like nice scrubs <laughs> on Instagram. Like they, they must know I'm in the medical world somehow. And uh, yeah, I get I get bombarded by like blokes in tight fitted scrubs and saying, "Oh, yeah, buy yeah, this." For the scrubs, yeah, got well, it. weird. So they're well, so they're weird. trying to sell you the scrubs, <laughs> or or the bloke. <laughs> Maybe they just get that from my Instagram. <laughs> well, I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out what what they're trying to sell you. I mean, you have to provide your own scrubs where you go. N no, no, but. Um, there's there's a there's a hospital fashion now. Oh. It's, it's starting to it's weird. It's really really weird. So, so what you we're asking you is room. is George Soros on the hospital fashion <laughs> trend? Yeah, <laughs> I sort of think this is a really weird thing for you to mention if it's not. But maybe it's further down out of his top five or something like that. This is an odd one for you to just chuck in there for no reason. Mm. Um, mm. But I'm I'm open to the idea that it's perhaps at number eight or something. And I also wonder whether this company is even big enough to be one of the top five things he's buying, uh, i.e. whether it even has mm. the market cap to, mm. to support that kind of thing. 
What were the options that were not that again? Sorry. Baidu and Proterra. Proterra, uh, yeah. It's um, hard one, hard one. Because he's buying two of those. So Yeah. <laughs> Proterra. <laughs> yeah. You going for Proterra? Yeah. Uh, so Soros is actually buying Proterra and Figs. It's oh. uh, Baidu that he is huh? selling. Okay. There you go. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Selling it? Chinese stocks at the bottom. Apparently. Mm. What you got for us, Paul? I have no idea. Number one. That is available, and it is Raymundo okay. Raymundo Dalio's fund, Bridgewater hey, Associates. So you have to pick between uh, Danaher, which is a healthcare healthcare pharma sort of medtech kind of company, yep. uh, Johnson and Johnson, uh, and Buffett's favourite supermarket, Kroger. <laughs> okay, so with the idea that cash is not king or cash is trash, and the idea that a debt cycle is at its most horrible right now, he's going to be buying heavily defensive. So if he's got Danaher, Danaher is such a popular stock right now as well. There's a Very lot of people really. Yeah, really looking into it. So he's going to be... So is Johnson & Johnson. <laughs> so he's going to be buying the other two. So I'm going to go with Danaher because of no reason in what I can put together on Dalio's thinking. I got nothing either. I feel like the devil on your shoulders because technically I'm steering you away from the right answer all the time when I talk. Um, <laughs> the answer is that um, I made up Kroger and uh, Ray Dalio has been buying Danaher and Johnson & Johnson, which yeah. I thought was really odd <laughs> to be buying them yeah. at this kind of stage. But there you go, still nil-nil. Mm. Uh, mm. <laughs> how are you guys doing at home? Has anybody got a point yet? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> anyone got a point because this is hard I mean when I tested I mean, it with Casper he got, he got 10 out of 10 just to let you know <laughs> but it's like uh, when you try and think of their ethos thinking it seems to of, of these investors it seems to slightly go against it although Dalio is much more of a a macroeconomic thinker mm. isn't he sometimes very much so, so I wouldn't be able yeah, to tell you much about Dalio's stock picking I would be able to tell you more about how this kind of macro stuff shapes up and all weather investing yeah so, yeah yeah definitely I like the, I liked the idea by the yeah. way about that cycle and Johnson and Johnson being um something that money might move to as a defensive move hmm. uh, yeah, yeah bad luck on not getting a point <laughs> next number <laughs> uh eight please Number eight is the legal and general, uh, legal and general, legal and general master fund, and it <laughs> you can pick between Apple, Amazon, or Barber, Alibaba. Huh, fun. What's it been buying? Hmm. Um, do you have any more information on this fund out of interest? Um, I don't really. So oh. other than that, it's just the master collection of uh, of all of legal and general's funds. So it's just where they report the full holdings. Right. Got it. There's, there's a couple more of these left, actually. I'm surprised we haven't got to them yet. So it's a kind of aggregate type thing. Yeah. Mm, okay, that makes it... Yeah, I thought it, was a, I thought it was a fund full of funds sort of thing. Yeah, it's a fund, um, of, yeah, it's a fund of, fund of holdings, isn't it? That's so it's going to be difficult yeah. for me to try and discern any kind of theme for what this might be. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's not, for instance, Basically. aiming towards growth or aiming towards globalisation or anything of that sort. No. So let's try Alibaba then. Alibaba <laughs> is... 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 
The correct answer. We Oi! have a point. Uh, just call it one nil now and call the again to the game. Um, no, it's uh, right. Alibaba was actually right, the I'm top so- sale. It was Apple and Amazon mm. that were the two top buys. All right. Why is everyone selling out of Alibaba? Come on, guys. It's because you want to be worth a little was, bit of. Here was the rough this. kind of rationalisation for that one. Um, I mainly got there by thinking if they have any kind of index tracking thingies, they're going to have to keep buying Apple and Amazon, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and, and selling Barber. That makes sense. Selling Barber is the idea. Um, As it drops yeah. in my mind, okay. index funds. Not being able to pick a theme, I kind of thought, let's go for the kind of mechanically done stuff, um, which means probably the big US techs are getting bought. Yeah, or would you like the yeah, numbers, mad. or would you like to have a guess? <laughs> uh, I'll have a, I'll have a guess. I'm going to go with five. It's <laughs> <laughs> got one. Uh, this Yay! is uh, this is basically the same idea as the legal in general one, but this is Toronto Dominions. Um, okay. So you have to pick between Apple, Amazon, and Nvidia. Knowing what Ooh. we kn- knowing what we know in the last one. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 one. I, I mean, knowing three. what we know about the last one, and knowing that Steve just said that. If it were me, uh, and I wouldn't lie to you here, Paul, I'm not picking NVIDIA at this point. (laughs) (laughs) It might be right, but I'm not picking it because Steve said that. If it it hadn't been that, I would have gone for it. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. I am the I devil on your shoulder. A lot yeah, more. that's that's what yeah. I'm thinking about yeah. here. When you're thinking about it, and you see the devil on your shoulder, and you look to the other side, and it was also a devil. <laughs> Just don't listen to either of them. <laughs> There's Casper shouting Amazon at you. Yeah. Um, I. For the, for the sake of it, I probably will just go for... Is it NVIDIA or NVIDIA? I could ne- I've never been able to work that out. Uh, N- NVIDIA, have... I think. I thought it was N- uh, NVIDIA, but um, yeah, some people have been saying NVIDIA recently. And been like, right. mm. Let's no, go like for that. NVIDIA, just because I've... For the simple reason that I've just tried to say that. Is he right, though? What did he go for? Sorry, I wasn't... <laughs> I what? didn't say... Nvi- NVIDIA oh, right, or okay. NVIDIA. <laughs> no, you're wrong. Um... <laughs> NVIDIA and Amazon were, were in uh, the top buys. Apple was oh. actually a small sale. Huh. Um, Very nice. Steve, Six. To, seal, to seal the deal. So, yeah, we've got the same sort of idea as last time. Um, <laughs> oh, here we go. Um, this one is <laughs> Deutsche Bank. Can I just Bank. say Amazon now, or shall I? <laughs> you, can, you can do if you want, but the three you've got to pick from is Lockheed Martin, Snowflake, oh. and Google. Oh, okay. Alphabet. Right. I feel like um, you've thrown in some red herrings here as well. These are three quite di- um, obvious point here. I mean, that's generally the idea when you've got to here. make up a false one for every answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lockheed Martin, you said Snowflake and Google. Yes. Okay, so these are three quite different sorts of uh, things. I don't actually know where the price action's been on Snowflake uh, lately, but let's suppose... Let's suppose it's gone... Up. Lockheed Martin has gone down. Google has been up over the last quarter or so, especially that quarter. Uh, so let's try Lockheed Martin. Steve has worked out the Ooh, game. Well done. <laughs> well done. Steve has worked out the game, especially with these guys. So that leaves <laughs> you with what number, Paul? I don't know. <laughs> um... Go on, Paul. Go on, Paul. Nine? Yeah! He's got it! <laughs> I'll put you a point down. <laughs> just to make you feel less guilty. Um, 
So this is the <laughs> Janus Henderson Fund. So it's a master fund again. And you have to pick between Dexcom, UPS, or Bristol Myers Squid. So by the logic of what we've been going by, the one that's been going down is the one that's uh, going to uh, be the one which everyone is selling. So, although I don't know how Dexcom's doing right now. Dexcom's probably I don't know, still any of them are doing apart from Squib. Yeah. So, by the logic of everything previous, we'll go with Bristol Myers Squib because it's having a terrible week or well, a terrible month, I think. We figured out the game right Yay! at the very end. Um, so, I mean, Steve, <laughs> yeah, Steve did technically win because we can't keep giving Paul <laughs> points for getting the right answer. But points I'll give for you memory. A, I'll give you a go at the tiebreaker just for a bit of fun because sure. uh, it was quite yeah, an interesting one. So. Um, Vanguard's biggest buy in uh, this round of 13 Fs. Anyone want to take a stab? Vanguard's, huh? Mm. Mm. Okay, let's have a little think. Um, we, have, uh, we have mentioned it. I am, just yeah. before I do this, and so I've worked this out in my head, um, how do you plan on breaking this tie if we don't? If neither of us gets it? Oh, no, this isn't the question. No, you've I was just won. wondering oh, if you wanted won. to stab at it. Oh, You've already okay. Yeah, I do want to say it. Yeah. Oh, no, I mean, I was, I was trying to work out how this would work if we were level. But, um, no. okay. Uh, yeah. Biggest buy this round of these things is what's gone up a lot. We've already mentioned it, you said. That's clear. Yeah. Hmm. Any thoughts, Paul? This isn't the question, by the way. This was just a, few, um, a three for all. Um, three for m- all. My, thoughts, my thought would be the most obvious apple. Vanguard. That's a lot of aggregate. Funds Apple's making up what seven percent of the market now. It has to buy all its index funds. Have to buy it. Yeah, as the S and P five hundred has to buy it. Since that answer is now taken, I will try Alibaba. <laughs> well, it was actually <laughs> it was actually Nvidia. Uh, it was the answer. Oh. The, the, the oh. question I was going to say was, how much did they increase their position size by? Oh no, no idea. I don't know what it's. Don't know what it started at. Uh, what's, it, what's the video at the minute? Like, it's like this is why it's, it's a tiebreaker. You're not supposed to know. It must be fifteenth or sixteenth on the list somewhere. I bet oh, it's higher than that. It's about seven hundred billion pound company nowadays, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. Can I go with eight? Um, eight percent. Mhm. Mhm. Oh, it's increases size, in- as in it's it's. How much more uh, NVIDIA does it own to... now than it used to own, I guess, is the question, right? Uh, That's it. Yeah. I wouldn't have gone that high. I would have only gone like 2 or 3%, something like that, 2%. Yeah. Well, if we was playing the tiebreaker, Paul would have won. They only increased it by 0.27%. you got to think, they're blanket spending yeah. across a huge, a huge amount huge. of companies. They're, they're not going <laughs> to... Yeah. It's not going to aggregate out to that much. But anyway, well done, Steve. You were the winner. Would you like a clap? <laughs> uh, yes. Just got over the last one. Perfect, thank you. Well done, fellas. Let's, let us know you did at home. How did anyone do? Yes. Did anyone beat Steve? That's what I want to know. Did anyone beat Steve at that? Because that that was quite hard. You know, that was uh, there's a lot of cool, that was a cool one. I liked that. I, I suppose we could have probably brought in 
some more famous investors. That would have been a good one. But then again, some of the ones which I think are famous, maybe others the, don't think are famous The issue well. is uh, you were picking between Amazon, Apple, and Google every time. <laughs> so yeah, you'd yeah, have soon I can, got, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, you'd have soon got my, my ruse when I was like, so uh, for the 10th time, did uh, so, mm. so, 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 so <laughs> Apple, Amazon, or <laughs> Nanox? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Steve knows Berkshire Hathaway are probably like the back of his hand. And mm. uh, I'd have thought you'd put in Bill Ackman or something because he's got interesting ones at the moment. Bill, Bill Ackman's, I think he's buying, um, he's buying a weird uh, vegetable shop. I think he's buying at the moment. Uh, Bill Ackman's top buy was like oh, a Riverford. vegetable growing company. <laughs> uh, I can't. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> Not was Bill Ackman. I think it was. No, I, I can't remember what it was. It might not have been Bill Ackman, actually, now I think about it. Thank you for that useless information, Paul, because, uh, yeah, I don't think it was even right. <laughs> this is why we like have the disclaimer. Or something like that. This is why I have that disclaimer. This is an investing advice. Most of the time, it's not even correct. Yeah, he's, he's too busy trying to figure out how to get out of Universal uh, Music at the minute. Yeah. Um, right. Uh, so, idea uh, things that we've uh, kind of wanted to talk about this week. Um, a little bit of actual FTSE news, I think, because we wanted to talk about EasyJet, because that's the, that's the news we, this week. I have had a little bit of a, a look at it, but not not enough. And I really hate airlines, so I think everybody kind of knows my position on things like EasyJet. But uh, someone, tell me what's happened with EasyJet this week and why we should be interested in it. Sure, I'll come to EasyJet uh, and why we might be interested in it. I'm not sure about should. If you don't like airlines, you're probably not going to be interested in this thing. Just before I do, uh, a quick plug for next week, by the way. Join in next week uh, when I will be making the game, which will be called Amazon, Apple or Google. Um, it will be a three-part <laughs> multiple-choice game for ten questions while I read out weird facts about them. I've decided already. Um, so... Uh, EasyJet has just had a rights assurance, which basically means it's giving its shareholders the opportunity to buy some more shares. Those shares don't yet exist. They're being printed and they're going to be uh, sold um, at a nice discount to where the share price currently was. So the EasyJet share price around the time of the issuance was 680p. Um, they're selling shares available to shareholders at 410p. The idea is that for every 47 EasyJet shares you own, you can buy another 31. So you can buy about another two-thirds of your position, basically, if you have the cash available to do it. Um, diluting your shareholders by sort of two-thirds is really quite a lot. Uh, but it's a way for companies to make money. EasyJet needs cash. It's an airline. Airlines are cash-hungry. They have a sort of 3.5 billion market cap, at least at the moment. And they're hoping to make 1.2 billion uh, via this kind of share issuance. Um they, they're a strange sort of a company. I mean, they, it was looking like things were very nice for their shareholders. We talked a couple of weeks ago about uh, takeover bids on UK companies. So we talked about Megit um, and a Parker Hannafin bid. We talked about Morrison's and various bids from the US. Uh, and this was all very nice for those shareholders because the share price shot up. And I don't care what anyone says. People like it when their shares go up, not down. Um, and that was all very nice. And EasyJet had a takeover bid too. And the management said, no, thank you. We won't have the takeover bid. We don't want to accept that. Uh, what we'll do instead is dilute all of our shareholders and make some more cash. So the share price in EasyJet has gone down, not up. 
um, which if you're Sven Carlin or Warren Buffett is presumably a thing you like if you hold these sh- uh, shit. I don't think either of them holds EasyJet. But um, <laughs> uh, but it's an interesting time to be an EasyJet shareholder, basically, because of those things. The share price is already down from 1508 pre-COVID, for what it's worth. But uh, it's down some more now. Down to feel, 400 and uh, 580 or so. Yeah. I feel like today actually rose about 10%. Mm. I, I just want to have a quick look, but when I looked this morning, um, it had rallied back to five eighty. Uh, I don't know where it finished. Okay, today. so six or six. It's finished yeah, no, six or six, seven and a bit percent. So the, just a couple of points yeah. that I just wanted to sort of just just stick on the end of that. Steve was um, it, it is odd to see a company diluting the shareholders by uh, such a large amount, but it, it's really odd to see uh, a company raising essentially a th- maybe maybe sort of a quarter, two quarter, maybe a half of the market cap. It's really bizarre to see. I mean, one point two billion is a lot of money for an airline like EasyJet. Yes, we we think they're probably pretty cash hungry, and uh, but they're also tacking on an extra four hundred million that they're going to draw down in a credit facility as well. So you think to yourself, well, what on earth do EasyJet need one point six billion for exactly? And that sort of leads me to think about. Uh, there's a problem with all airlines really and it's a sort of a general point that steve and i have talked about at length is that airlines are guilty of all of the sins of investing so if you have a company and your company is trading at real real highs highs that that things like an airline industry doesn't doesn't ever deserve to trade at and they start buying back shares and paying out huge dividends nearly all of their you know the cover ratio is completely obliterated by the dividend then they're doing the wrong things um and and easyjet is another one of these companies i remember at the very start of the pandemic they were kicking off because they wouldn't pay the dividend out because <laughs> because he was thinking um i can't remember the guy's name but he thought it would all blow over by uh, by the end of the month so but now it does really feel like we're coming to the end of covid i don't know how you guys feel about it but it does at least feel more positive about it this this month than i did this time last year so for them to then think, right, we're going to draw down 1.2 billion and, and an extra 400 million of debt. God, I would be running for the hills. I don't think I could buy this rights issue. At least I'd sell my rights on, on the market and just and just get out of there. I just can't see a great outcome for this. I, I don't know what you guys think. I mean, would you? Is that an extra? Sorry, is that an extra 1.2 billion on top of the 1.5 they borrowed last year? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you know they're sitting on three billion in debt. Of issued of issued debt in the past two years, so yeah, there's there's something odd going on there, isn't there? I mean, it, it's odd, really. Because no, go on. Uh, one of the things that's going on is that it's a structural issue with an airline. So one of the things we've seen during the kind of pandemic is airlines are really big on what's called operational leverage, and this is a really nice thing if you're a growth company that's working well, and a really bad thing if you're an airline and you're stuck. Operational leverage basically means uh, you have a bunch of fixed costs and then you can do as much as you like off those fixed costs, basically. So if you think you're an airline, a lot of your costs are involved with flying this plane somewhere and paying staff to do it. And you have to pay those costs pretty much the same. There's a little bit of variability for fuel, um, but pretty much all your costs are still there, whether you fly 30 people somewhere or 90 people somewhere. Uh, The only difference is ticket sales. And so the problem is those costs, they stay the same when you've got a nice full plane and you've sold loads of tickets. But they don't go away when that plane's sitting on a runway somewhere and doing nothing. So you have to keep paying those costs out. And that basically makes them really, really cash hungry when they get stuck. Sorry, Steve. I was just going to say, Steve, if, so, you know, you've got 
hundreds and hundreds of planes from all the different airlines all stuck on a runway, there is only really one way to play that market, isn't there? And that's to look at the companies that lease these companies the planes. Um, now, one of our old favourites was um, was Aircap. It was way before we started the podcast, but we, we used to really like that stock. And, and I think we both missed the run-up on it as well, didn't we, Steve, if I seem to remember? Because we were... The problem with companies, especially leasing companies, is planes are not cheap to buy. And Aircap, in a way, is kind of, I suppose, a REIT for aeroplanes. And the problem with that is, is that they don't tend to generate the massive amounts of... Uh, well, they do generate massive amounts of cash, but the problem is, is that they use a hell of a lot of debt to buy the planes in the first place. So they always tend to be um, really, really debt-heavy. And at the time the coronavirus hit, Aircap took an absolute battery and it went down to about $19. I think it's up in the 60s now. Um but at the time, that debt just looked a little bit heavy. And we didn't know at the time, obviously, that the Fed was just going to give free money out to everybody on a massive helicopter. So um, so we, we just didn't know that at the time. But I think, I still think, even if we don't think coronavirus is over uh, and we're, we're going to go back to normality, that air cap still looks the best and maybe the safest way out of this. I don't, I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, I'd go with that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's a, Aircap was a good one you got, uh, you guys were looking at quite a while ago, wasn't mm. it? And um, I think Sven talked about actual airports as well seemed to be quite a good bet because they were still housing everything and they still get leases from the housing uh, of these aircraft as well. But, um, okay, let's let's try and make a ball case because you've been pretty harsh here on Easy Cap. Uh, easy, easy Cap. <laughs> easy Jet. <laughs> <Easy jet. laughs> yeah, no, easy, easy Cap was going right. Right, so let's uh, let's try and make something up here. So uh, revenue for the past four years uh, up from 6.6 billion up to 8.1 billion. So that's this is pre-COVID because they went down to 3.8 billion in, during COVID. So we had good revenue growth growing the four years before COVID. And but we had significant loss in net income, so something bad was happening to their operating margin, or well, just their just their full margin, uh, going from six million in profit down to four hundred and forty-five million. And last year they made minus one point three seven billion, uh, so they got really really hot. And now I can see exactly why they took on one point five billion in debt. They were basically just trying to keep their free cash flow a little bit in the positive there uh so because pre-pandemic i remember people actually doing that old wink wink nudge nudge to me you know just people who i knew in person they were saying to me you know what the next big stock is the next big stock that's going to go mad easy jet they all used to say that they used to say that a lot and it was because the of the price decline basically the price had been declining since like 2000 2014 or something and that seemed to be all they were looking at uh however it did look like that their pe ratio i was looking at their pe ratio earlier as well just to have a quick uh quick gander that has been dropping quite significantly obviously it's a zero right now because they're not profitable but uh coming into the pandemic it was it was starting to touch um sort of the nines nine multiple rather than the 14 15 multiple which it usually sits at uh, over the past few years and it's interesting to see that that price decline has coincided quite consistently with their earnings decline 
so it's just something that I pointed out, wanted to point out there that their price has gone down because their earnings were going down significant. Price always follows earnings. And you can tell that I've been reading Richard Wiser happy right now because that is something they drill into your Price follows earnings and EasyJet, to me, seems like a really good example of that right now. Oh, I thought you'd just got all that from Chuck. <laughs> the line is king. <laughs> well, it's it's. I, I haven't obviously. I haven't looked at Fastgraphs on this. I, I doubt it, this is on Fastgraphs. No, it might be. So. If it is, I'm making a fucking video out of it. But um, it's uh, if it, it if might it's be. not. It's it's very simple. You can. It's really really easy to say. See the PE ratio go from 15 down to nine, and you can easily see their earnings going from 600 million down to 400 million, and obviously minus whatever right now. Uh, so you can see where investors were thinking of it. And what I remember when I say this wink, wink, nudge, nudge thing, uh, I know people who invested in EasyJet a good, good few years ago and they don't own it anymore because they sold out at the bottom. Um, it just goes to show, man, know, know what you own. Know all what you all own. the best people sell airlines at the bottom, right? Steve was saying if he had any, he'd be running away from it. <laughs> Buffett sold airlines at the bottom. Uh, your mate who saw yeah. you in a bar and gave you a nudge and a wink or something sold at the bottom. <laughs> this is what the smart money's doing, right? It's like it's like human Vanguard funds or something like that. Stuff is going <laughs> down, so he'll start selling it all. Well, I've got a I've got a bull case for you that I can give you that I spotted this afternoon when I was having a little look at it, and then I was looking at some analyst forecasts, and um, they're giving an EPS forecast in uh, of um, <laughs> of one hundred and three point zero five pence. So for anybody who didn't hear that, I said twenty twenty three. At current price, that would give you an earnings multiple, a PE ratio of about six. So if you believe that um, EasyJet can do 103p of earnings in 2023 and we'll be back flying by then, and EasyJet can even make it to 2023, I suppose, um, then you might have yourself a bit of a bargain there. And to be fair, if it gets to that, it will be compounding at like 100% growth at that stage. Hmm. Yeah, and and I tell you what, for, from the from the years and years ago, years and years ago, maybe months and months ago, when I I, I must have said it on a video years and years, years and years ago, all the way back then, probably twenty twenty, <laughs> that I'd never buy airlines because it was because it's just such a low margin, high debt business. Uh, I had a big, I was making a big video on it, and um, I never really got round to it. To be honest with you, it's, it's still written in my in my book somewhere. Uh, but I had a list of it's all the airlines that had gone bust in the UK in the past uh, five years. And it was loads. It was like 30, 40, 50 airlines. It's all because of the, the margin squeeze on this business is so tight. And if you're not, if you haven't got some special sort of brand or you haven't got some sort of way to just squeeze the shit out of your customers, like some Irish airline does, then, you know, it's... <laughs> you're not going to make it you're just not going to make it and like you say in 2023 is EasyJet going to be here is it going to be or is it going to get bought up Ryan, I don't uh, think Air, more, American Airlines are, are that similar Ryanair are more after your money mate they don't really want your shit <laughs> <laughs> if they could make money out of it they would try I bet they can <laughs> well, I, I, bet just they can. Look, no, I just had a look on Hybrid Lansdown now and if even if uh, 
they do get to that EPS and can start paying out a decent sized dividend, um, you'll be earning a 10% yield on cost as well. So I, I can see from, I can see what the attraction is for people who, uh, well, if for the people who aren't just looking at this thinking, oh, that used to be 20 and now it's six. Um, if you are of uh, that kind of mindset that you think this is a turnaround story of some description, then yeah, I can, I guess I could make a bull case for the attraction of a 10% yield on cost and, and uh, you know, PE of six, I think there's probably some value there if they make it out of it. If they make it out of it. Are they still paying a dividend? No. No. Surely no. Surely no. no. It's got to be no. no. End, no. end of discussion for Paul. No. Uh, one more thing for the bull case, yeah. though, um, on this <laughs> <laughs> uh, idea. I mean, I, this doesn't amount to a bull case by itself, but maybe it contributes to someone else's a little bit. I was looking at their share count uh, since 2013, and their share count since 2013 is actually reasonably flat. Um, and that's not exciting by itself. But compare that to the US airlines, who have been absolutely losing money hand over fist by buying back their shares when they were high and then having to issue them out again when COVID hit. At much, much, much lower prices. They're dusting off absolute billions like that. At least EasyJet's not been involved in any of that kind of thing. The reason the US airlines are doing it, of course, because you buy back shares, your EPS goes up because there's now fewer shares, you get paid yourself a nice big bonus and so on as a, a CEO. Um, and that led to absolute disaster when they suddenly had to issue them all out again and take on loads of debt, some of which is getting written off and so on. But if you're looking across this sector and thinking this isn't an amazing sector, and I'd have a lot of sympathy with that idea, I mean, at least EasyJet's not kind of tangled up in all that kind of stuff. Uh, the share count's reasonably mm, flat. This yeah. is a big rights issuance, and it's like, you know, two-thirds of market cap rights issuance, and that's something to think about. But they don't do this thing often. I mean, you'd hope they don't do it often, right? But um, it's... Yeah, but now, yeah. now all you're getting is just a, a two-third dilution of... Six six billion in debt, basically. <laughs> like uh, it's it's just doesn't seem it doesn't seem like a good deal from a financial perspective. Is this another Rolls Royce story where you know upside beats downside in some way, um, or potential upside beats um, beats? Well, I think that beats the risk of the downside. I, I, don't know. I don't think any of us could really argue that a fully functioning EasyJet with full um, with full aircraft flying to as many des destinations as you want is a fairly decent business, especially at, at, th at this price. And, you know, if they can get back to that level of capacity, then the debt shouldn't be an issue for them. The, the, the things you've got to weigh up against that is, is that, you know, how much has Microsoft Teams eroded into that business travel? Uh, how much has it mm. eroded into, you know, that, that broad travel? How long is it going to be before we get back to normality? Now, if you think that the minute, the minute all the restrictions are lifted, everybody's going to jump on a plane and go to Greece, then EasyJet must be an absolute screaming bye to you. But if you think there's a gentle increase where we might be at 30, 40, 50% capacity on planes for the next two or three years, then EasyJet is is a real going concern. So, I mean, that's kind of where I sit with it at the moment. I, it's just one of those things where it's just not worth the risk, I don't think. I think there's better places mm. to put your money still. Mm. Oh, I mean, on on mentioning Microsoft Teams and share buybacks, what do we think of uh, these top Fang stocks uh, buying back their own shares right at the top of these valuations? Because uh, this news is just reminding me of that news this week that I wanted to mention that Microsoft is going to do sixty billion in <laughs> share buybacks over the next. Yep. I think it was five years. I can't. I can't really remember. But um, wow. Wow, what a number. And why the hell can't they just spend that money somewhere else? 
Um, in the case of Microsoft, it's a bit trickier. Google are also having a big buyback thing as well. They announced, I think, uh, like a quarter ago, but it's also huge. Uh, Microsoft also hiked the dividend as well, I think, if I was reading that yeah, report. Yeah, 10%. Right? Yeah. Uh, so that's got pushed and they're doing buybacks too. I wonder whether this is just a little bit of kind of antitrust worry. And it's there's a sense in which Microsoft hasn't really been in the kind of antitrust spotlight. It's the kind of uh, quasi-fang, if you like, that's managed to kind of fly under the radar where everyone's busy worrying about everyone else's acquisitions and so on. I mean, if the question is, why can't they just go out and buy something with it? Arguably, the answer is they're going to get done by the antitrust police all over the place. So they might well think, oh, let's just buy in our own stuff then. Mm. Maybe. That's what I think. I was going to give the same answer. Um, I was just going to say that I, they can't buy anything else other than themselves, so that's what they're doing. Um, they, they, the differences between something like this and EasyJet, though, is that, that these have not <laughs> these are not struggling businesses in any way, shape, or form. These have not got any debt. Um, these guys are not issuing shares left, right, and center. So, you know, if, if you've got that kind of money and you want to buy back your own shares in that kind of scale, then and, 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 and I'm all for it. And I think the other thing is, is that uh, out of all of the stocks uh, in the S&P that are overvalued, I think there's quite a lot of fang that you could really take a look at and say, well, I don't think these quite are yet. It, the, the difference with them is that looking at them now and looking at the present, all you see is growth, but there could be some decline in, in earnings as, uh, as stuff just goes back to normal and money stops being stops being so sort of concentrated in their pockets. Money maybe isn't as free-flowing as, uh, as it was. So, I mean, I always sort of worry with, with those sort of companies now, but I think Google, Amazon, and Microsoft, they're going to make plenty of mistakes buying other companies, buying little things that go that go broke. They're pretty safe buying their own stock, I would say. Yeah, it's an interesting one because, um, I mean, PE ratios don't matter anymore, do they? They're totally uncool. I've just mentioned PE ratios of um, yeah. uh, EasyJet at being, being low. It doesn't matter. But it should matter that their revenue growth is perfect, and uh, and that should be the, that should be the reason why this stock's going to go up because the revenue growth was good pre-COVID. But um, for a PE ratio point of view, and what you're talking about with the stocks of the Fang, uh, yeah, they might not be as <laughs> overvalued as what people are saying, right? It's the it's stocks like, of the Fang. What? <laughs> the stocks of the Fang. <laughs> Yeah, the legendary, the legendary stocks of the fang. <laughs> um, I mean, what's the what's the S and P five hundred P ratio right now? Like forty, probably a bit lower than than what it was a couple of weeks ago. Forty five. It's probably around forty two, forty five, something like that. Um, and you know, Apple must be only twenty something uh, P ratio right now. Uh, Google's thirty two, thirty three P ratio from the top of my head. Um, I don't know what Microsoft is. I must admit, I think uh, Apple's Microsoft in the 30s is an interesting as well. one to know right now. Yeah, I reckon it's in the thirties. Yeah, Apple twenty nine, um, and then you've got yeah. So, oh, so Apple has gone up. It's just pushing into the thirties. So we are starting to get to the stupid valuations of of Apple now, uh, and of course, Apple's. Um, we've got nothing prepared on Epic Games and Apple right now, have we? I, I haven't really dealt with the news on that at all myself. I, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Of, uh, Apple has a bit, a bit of a, a monopoly over its products um, and, um, you know, this just lessens that grip just a little bit. I think it's positive for everybody. It's positive for people who like stocks like Spotify who've also been kind of fighting this kind of corner. Um, 
it is positive that customers get a choice in which way they want to pay and also that providers have a choice in which payment they, they want to provide. I think that's certainly fair. I don't see this affecting Amazon, uh, Amazon, Apple in any way, shape or form. Um, or certainly nothing that they can't swallow. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's anything particularly negative about that. I, although I must admit, I didn't actually see Epic Games winning uh, ever. Um, no, I, it's such a surprise to me. I thought Apple had this in the bag. I really yeah. did. I, I thought that was that was never going to go anywhere. And uh, I've been talking with someone on Instagram, and I'm so sorry I can't remember your name off the top of my head right now. Um, but because I was trying to value what the what the cut in Apple's earnings would be at this point, and there's a they don't release the basically they don't release the earnings of their Apple Store uh, on in their um, in their 10Ks, and so it's really hard. And everyone guesses, and I guess it was around 70, uh, 7 billion, and you're always taking kind of one third of that and going, okay, is it going to lose? Is it going to lose like around two billion here? But it could be that it's only losing actually, uh, it, that its app store, app store only brings in five billion in revenue, and it might only lose a, you know a billion here in actual revenue. So it mm. might not hit Apple as hard as people sort of think it will. Uh, but then again, the iPhone came out in the same week and everyone just went, hey, same thing for a higher price. Let's, uh, let's buy, buy, buy. And that was about it, really. So, yeah, was, sorry I brought that up. We, we haven't really got anything on Epic Games there. I just thought it was a, a bit of a, I, it came, it came on me, uh, a bit left side. So I was a bit, uh, surprised that Epic Games won this. Mm. Um, yeah, so that, that's it. I wanted to bit, fill a bit of time at the end there. <laughs> <laughs> to talk about to talk about that uh so i think we'll call it there because I, i'm quite happy with that one i like the little chat we've had at the end there we, we never planned any of that um thank you very much for watching everybody tell us how you did in the game because that was a hard one and i want to hear what how well people did and also can you tell me what you think of epic games and apple and whether apple's going to be affected by this or do you just like staring at your iphone screen and that's good enough for you uh as always if you can ask us any questions we'll make that'll make it into the playing footsie midweek footsie which we're probably going to record in a little bit of time um no lie and uh yeah listen to us on spotify apple audio audible i've been listening to richard why is that happening i just keep talking don't i i need to just stop talking <laughs> i'll call the other seven you times you've mentioned that <laughs> i really like this book go buy this book go go sign up to audible with my paul's link read, or something paul's ready second book. book everyone <laughs> two weeks time the fucking quiz is going to be what does page 78 of richard wiser happy to say on it <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you very much for listening everybody and we'll see you next week <laughs> I'm amazed how many people own stocks. I'm amazed how many people own stocks. This the sucker's going up. <laughs>